0: Welcome to the Jaguar King Podcast, I'm your host Armin, in this week's episode we stick a fork in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another week of Jaguar football and another week of a loss to a winless team. Gardner Minshew's dad was in the stands this game and he was sitting in the nosebleeds. He wanted to be as far away as possible from this eyesore. The Jaguars are the most interesting team in the NFL. We don't always break records, but when we do, it's always negative. The Jaguars are the first team in NFL history to lose to three consecutive winless teams excluding the season opener. How's that for a random ESPN stat? I prefer those they give to LeBron. You know, the ones where it's like first player in NBA history to wear a size 12 shoe, make a left-handed layup, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. But the Jags just never seem to get those ones. The Jags lose to the Texans this Sunday, 30-14, to 14, very close to what I predicted from my last video in the preview. But again, with this team, it's not that they lose, it's how they lose. So let's get into the recap and some observations. So my first observation is the defense. The defense is not the reason we lost this game. But also, kind of the reason is really weird feeling. They were actually getting stops against the Houston Texans into offense, and it felt like inception. I'm literally in my living room looking for that fucking spinning top, you know, making sure that this is real or not. Before the game, we're updated that Miles Jack, CJ Henderson, and Josh Allen are not going to be playing the game. So we're heading into this game without our three best players on defense. And for some reason, they're actually playing better. Like none of it is just making sense. They're flying to the ball, making tackles, making Deshaun Watson throw off platform. They were actually looking like a cohesive defense rather than scattered ants like they usually do. But of course, it wasn't all good. No Todd Walsh defense is complete without the tight end wide open in the middle of the field. I genuinely want to know how this is always happening. Like is Todd Walsh trolling us? Does he not know the tight end is allowed to catch the pass? How does week in and week out, is just a tight end floating in the middle of the field and everyone is just like dumbfounded when it comes to the tight end. I really don't get it. We had Dakota Allen, a backup linebacker in there. Maybe it was even Orange Sherbert's fault, but it just keeps happening. I don't know what the hell is going on. We got to get to the bottom of it. But even with Todd Wash trying to sabotage his defense as much as he could, they actually made a lot of plays. After Hauschka missed his chip shot field goal, Sidney Jones comes through dumb clutch, mixing a incredible interception on like a low diving ball from Deshaun Watson only for Hauschka to go and miss the kick again but with everything going on the defense only allowed the Texans to put up 10 points at the half and to me that was honestly really surprising besides that you know tight end where he was wide open in the middle of the field walking touchdown besides that drive they actually played really well pretty well however you want to call it uh, in that first half, and it gave the offense life. It gave them a chance to actually stay in the game versus allowing 28 points in the first half. One of the reasons it could be is because Drodd Wilson was back in the starting lineup at free safety. I don't know how much of a factor he is actually back there. Maybe, maybe he makes a ton of communication calls. Maybe he is just generally a very good center fielder for us and it goes unnoticed because that position in the scheme is kind of quiet. Or maybe the defense was just happy Andrew Wingard wasn't back there. Coming out in the second half, on the Texans' first drive, the Jaguars lose their starting strong safety Josh Jones on a helmet-to-helmet hit. I thought this was an awful call. Look I know the NFL is trying to make the game safer but they really need to stop sending their worst refs over to the Jags games. Sure you can say that Josh Jones was leading with the crown of his helmet to make this tackle on Brandon Cooks but how else is he supposed to make that tackle? Was he supposed to just belly flop on him, catch him in midair, and fucking powerbomb Like, there's nothing he can do there. He didn't do anything intentional. Brandon Cooks braced for the hit, dropped his helmet, which led to him hitting his helmet. If Brandon Cooks doesn't do that, he probably hits him in the chest. And the rest probably don't even call that play because it's so fast that you probably don't see him leading with his crown. And, and sure, I get calling the penalty. If you, It's the rule in the NFL. You see him leading with the crown. Penalty no matter what happens but kicking him out of the game? That was absurd. I'm over here thinking that he went to the ref and cussed out his mother or something just to find out that he got kicked out of the game for that tackle. That happens all the time in the NFL. It's such a routine play. Every single game in the NFL has that helmet-to-helmet leading with the crown hit. Sometimes it gets called, sometimes it doesn't, but he got kicked out of the game for that. I thought that was absolutely absurd, and no ref should have that much power to influence the game that much. Granted, Josh Jones is not Patrick Mahomes or something like that where you know, you're for sure going to lose without him but he's a starting safety on a team that is already down to safety because Wingard got hurt and you bring in a rookie it changes the dynamic of that defense regardless of how important he is to the team or not but even after that happened they're still able to force a field goal there was still a game within reach the defense kept a minute throughout that game with about six minutes left in the third quarter sydney jones makes a great deflection which Jared wilson picks it off takes it into texan territory to set up the jags offense only for them to fumble it away No pun intended. Then in the fourth quarter, it just obviously started to implode. The Texans were just doing whatever they wanted. Jags looked winded. Jags looked confused. Brandon Cooks, for whatever reason, looked like an all-pro out there. Even though they put up 30 points, there was some bad on the defense. But ultimately, I think they put up their best performance outside maybe that Colts game. But you can even say this game was better than the Colts game. So on to my second observation. We need a clean house faster than a maid. Our whole front office is just absurd. They're just dumb. D-U-M dump. Before we get into the play calling of this game, let's look at some of these roster moves. Why was Hauschka the choice of kicker here? When he kicked that first extra point, he like barely made it over the crossbar. And I was like, this is looking rough, is he still injured? So I don't get that, as there's something that in the tryouts that he was launching him 100 yards down the field that they felt comfortable with him going into the game, but it looked like he hasn't kicked in years and he just lost a lot of leg power. And then also, Sidney Jones, who had a great game, Why was he not shown the field at all until that week five game when injuries happened? Trey Hernan hasn't really played well this year. And then DJ Hayden also hasn't played well this year. He's shown enough for you guys to give him a bigger contract to make sure he stays on your team on the practice squad. So I'm assuming you saw some sort of talent in him. So why not give him a shot when it's not working with the other guys? Maybe he gets in there and has a good game like he did against the Texans to prove that he should be a corner on this team. He looked way better than Trey Herndon in one game than they did all season. Maybe his performance was an outlier. Or maybe the front offices were wearing tank tops when they were making these decisions. Now, let's get to the play calling. Why are we passing so much? The Texans have the 32nd ranked rush defense. And yeah, they did key in on the run game to try to make Minshew beat them. But why did we get away from the run game? It was a one-score game. We weren't down... 14 points. Even if James Robinson is getting stopped and our line's not getting a push, well, we have an offensive weapon in LaVisca Chanel where we can do reverses, we can do jet sweeps, the Wildcats, all that type of stuff. So maybe change it up a little bit, provide some relief in that running game if it's not working. I really don't get why Jay Gruden's being so pass-happy in games that don't need to be pass happy and then just questionable play calls in the red zone in the first half when we're trying to get to the end zone on second down trying to score we run the ball with Chris Thompson who literally looked like he was trying not to score maybe that was to make Texans use their timeout so they don't score on us and then get the ball back I don't know but that was really questionable and then on that third down play we throw like a screen pass over to LaVisca Chenault who looked like he didn't even have any blockers with him trust me I know Huncho Visca can juke out the best of them, but he had no chance on that play and why are we being so conservative like what do we really have to lose this defense gives up a lot of points in general so we have to score as much as we can and then before we get into that ridiculous 4th and 1 play call I want to look at the play that set up that play call so earlier in the game the Jags run some variation of the spider 2 Y banana where Tyler Eifert seemed to be both the Y and the banana and it worked it was a completed pass third down we kept the chains moving so on third and two in the red zone they try this same exact play and it gets stopped dude this isn't Madden You can't just hit a right trigger, flip the play, and all of a sudden the defense has no idea what you're doing. This isn't Todd Wash's defense. So this sets up the awful fourth and one play call. So are you telling me you released Leonard Fournette because he wasn't a scheme fit? So is your scheme to use the running back as a passer? It's one yard. How do you not trust James Robinson to get you one yard? And if you're going to do the wildcat formation or a wildcat play, why is Minshew just running off to the side when everybody knows he's no threat to the play? He's not going to get the ball. If you're going to tip your hat and get in the wildcat formation or whatever to show that you're for sure running the ball, why not keep Minshew off the sideline, bring in that extra blocker if you're so worried about not getting one yard, and have James Robinson literally dive over the pile if you're that freaking worried. Why try a halfback pass when it was one yard? It's not like you're going for five yards and you, you, know, you don't trust Minshew or something and you have to get a chunk of yards it was literally just one yard you could have QB sneak there you could have literally threw that, a screen pass to Minchu one-on-one with the DB have him freaking truck over the corner then have Robinson try that halfback pass it was just no reason for it it got too cute for what the game was still within reach you didn't have to do anything extraordinary try to get that one yard and they did after that it just kind of like I was like okay I'm done with this whole coaching staff first Gruden looked really good in week one and then all of a sudden everything just went to shit so they already figured out his offense even if it works even if James Robinson connects you're still questioning why they did it that way even though it was executed and then this whole front office just gotta go I I don't get any of that my third observation is Gardner Minshew ain't got the juice no more I thought Minshew was gonna go out there and grab the bull by the horns and he just didn't do it and for the first time this season I honestly felt like he's just not our guy when I look at this roster he is definitely not the problem but he's also not the solution. The coaching staff is doing him zero favors. Young weapons, questionable play calling, but that it factor he seemed to have last year, he just doesn't have it anymore. Or at least it's missing right now in these three weeks against winless teams. He shows flashes, he throws dimes, but then he also really underthrows people. He's late on his reads and then also late on the pass in general. And what's unfair to him is that he has to play perfect this year to be in the position to win this game. And unfortunately, that's just Impossible. Week one, he only had a one in completion, and we won. That's just not going to happen all the time. There's no way. And I will say that you can win with Gardner Mitchell, you, but you have to build a good team around him, kind of like what the Bills did with Josh Allen. They know that Josh Allen can't carry that whole team. They built a really good team around him. He has a really strong offensive line, a lot of weapons, good coaching, good scheming, and allows him to play at the levels he's playing right now. Unfortunately for Minshew, he doesn't have a good coaching staff around him, nor does he have a really good team built around him for him to thrive as much as he can. But of course, with when the talent starts to diminish, then the quarterback play will start to diminish too because he's not really elevating the team. Although the defense did put up 30 points this game and it looks a lot worse in the box score, they also made a ton of plays to to put them in position to win this game and Minshew just couldn't get it done. You can look at the kicker, he missed these chip shot field goals, he missed the whatever field goals, but in the red zone, they couldn't get it done. He has everything you want in a QB in, in regards to leadership, His swag out there, his ability to understand the game, his ability to read defenses, but it seems like his biggest flaw is actually his physical tools. His arm strength has seemed to dip so far this season. I feel like last year his arm strength really wasn't an issue, but this year, I don't know if his arm is sore from throwing 50 times a game, but it looks like he's underthrowing a lot of balls and just not having enough Speed behind that ball to get to the receiver in time for him to make a play. He's still my guy going forward, and at the end of the season, I hope he puts it together for us to keep him because I really want him to succeed. Not only because he's really easy to root for but because if we have our qb situation set then we could fix those glaring holes on the defensive side of the ball and get more weapons for minchu to succeed but unfortunately right now it's up in the air for him and we'll see where it goes from there so that was the recap and observations thank you all for watching thank you for all those who subscribe i talk everything jaguars football usually in tears so if you like these videos please hit the like please comment down below what you thought of the game what you think of garner minchu going forward what do you think of the jags going forward in general throw some positivity down there because Because again, this week's not looking too good. And I'll see everyone to preview the Lions.